welcome back to Chatterstorm. My name is Josh, I am one of your hosts, and I'm here with Sarah, another one of your hosts. And we have some news. There is once again no Sam with us today. Uh, he's actually going to be taking a hiatus from Chatterstorm for the rest of the year. So we'll have more news on that in the new year. But until then, we wish Sam a Merry Christmas, and we hope he has a, a very restful time, and he spends the holiday celebrating and enjoying himself and recuperating. Um, and so we need someone to fill in for him. So Sarah, can you give me your best impression of uh, of Sam for us? Oh God, this. Um, well, okay. Actually, best impression for the podcast would just be this because he's never here. <laughs> <laughs> oh. Oh shade. <laughs> Shots fired. Get to defend yourself, Sam. Oh no, wait, he got. Oh, he's not here. <laughs> Sucks to be him. So yeah, oh. you can expect a lot more smack talk about Sam since he can't actually defend himself. Yeah. Um, but anyway, this last week has been pretty big in Magic. Um, the with the release of alchemy it's pretty much been all that anybody is talking about and it is definitely uh controversial there are big parts of the community that do not like alchemy um and there are big parts of the community that do um i know we touched on this last week sarah but have you developed your opinion of alchemy any more in the last week um yes so I still think it's a good format. I still like it. But as somebody who I would say has only recently started playing a lot more arena, I don't have a lot of wild cards. So when I wanted to jump into playing alchemy and wanted to build an alchemy deck, like a day or two after it was released so that there was a quite a few deck lists online, they all have like 30 res. Like the, mm -hmm. it, the, yeah. the cost or it's just like, it's obviously a really powerful format, which is to be expected. But I don't know how you get into it if you don't have lots of wild cards because you can't draft the set. So you would literally have to buy packs to yeah. hope for wild cards. And that is costly and takes a lot of time because I have like 22 or 23,000 coins, but that's still only like, what, 20 odd packs, mm -hmm. which is only going to be a few rares max yeah you you're absolutely right so the way that the um alchemy cards work uh is there's no commons um so we know this now we know that um there are no alchemy only or digital only cards that are commons they're all uncommons rares and mythics and I don't have the exact numbers to hand but I know that the proportions are very off so normally, with a normal set of magic cards, um, you have a set proportion of commons to uncommons to rares to mythics. And I think it might be something along the lines of like five commons for every, I don't know, um, four or three uncommons for every two rares for every one mythic or something along those lines. Um, and so it's, it's, it's a pyramid. Obviously, it's a pyramid with mythics at the top. Mm -hmm. um, alchemy is not like that. Uh, the alchemy rarity split is a bit backwards. There's no commons. Um, there's more rares than I think there are uncommons and mythics combined. Um, and that is a very, very bad shape for that pyramid to be especially considering arena's economy because yeah. you take that fact <clears throat> and you combine it with the fact that as you mentioned alchemy packs in arena you can't draft them which is normally a good way to build out your collection of a set mm -hmm. um, and if you buy alchemy packs what you get in the pack so it, it it's consists of the same thing that you'd find in a normal booster pack you know, the commons, uncommons, except if you buy an Innistrad Alchemy booster pack, you will get six commons from Crimson Vow uh, or, or, or something like that. And then um, the uncommons and the rare slot 
will be alchemy cards um mm -hmm. which is just really bad you know yeah. you can you can't draft yeah you can't draft them you can only get them really by like through events or by buying the packs and with each pack you're effectively getting half a pack of cards um, yeah and all of those things combined make it very very inaccessible actually for new players mm -hmm. um most of the alchemy decks that i've seen for this reason in part because everybody wants to play the new cards um have like between 30 and 50 rares in 60 card decks yeah which is just absurd um that's that's way 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 too high and that you know 30 like that that's all of your playables uh the the, the decks that have 50 rares in them uh <laughs> you know that's all that's omnath four color which has a bunch of rare lands and yeah. stuff like that and, um yeah alchemy is actually very inaccessible um now you might think that the deck lists only look like that at the moment because alchemy is new and everybody wants to test out the new cards yeah and that over time as we realize like once we've sort of once the novelty has worn off the deck lists will adapt and become less rare heavy um because people won't be as you know excited to just play the new cards um Is that, but are you i don't tell think that's, me that's gonna be the case i was just about to say are you gonna tell me that's not true because that's exactly what i'm hoping for so i can actually play alchemy <laughs> Yeah, I, I, unfortunately, I don't think that's going to be the case because from what I've seen, the digital only mechanics that have been implemented um, and the alchemy legal cards that have been put in are so strong. Mm. They are so, so powerful. Um, and the power level of quote quote unquote standard i guess i don't know what we call it now the, but the power level of alchemy um the, the power level the power level of alchemy is much much higher than standard um despite the nerfs you know even yeah. with all of the best cards in standard nerfed the 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 power available in alchemy is is through the roof like it's just unbelievable that you can consistently have approach of the second sun into demonic tutor into approach of the second sun <laughs> for an instant one turn win available as a win con in a top alchemy deck like that is insanity and now those cards aren't actually technically legal in the set but there's a, a card that was printed called key to the archives and the idea behind the card is that uh, when it enters the battlefield you draft a card from its spellbook which means there are like 12 spells in its spellbook or something like that uh, you get a choice of three presented to you and you get to pick one and put it into your hand um, and the idea behind key to the archives is that it's a key to the Strixhaven archives if you remember those yeah you know, all the alternate art mm -hmm. reprints um and so the cards that are available in the spellbook are Strixhaven Archives cards like Approach of the Second Sun, Demonic Tutor, Lightning Helix, Lightning Bolt, Growth Spiral, Time Warp. These are all like yeah. These are all insanely powerful cards, like completely busted, and you conjure them you know when you draft them it turns into an actual card in arena so once it's not like you can cast it and then it, it disappears it, it gets exiled um it goes into your graveyard and you can replay it and it can be affected by perpetuality which is one of the other new mechanics mm -hmm. um there are a bunch of cards which will um make cards perpetually cost less and that's just so strong um because perpetually really means permanently cost less for the rest yeah. of that game. So you can cast a you know you can cast a time warp and take an extra turn for three mana, and then you can shuffle that three mana time warp from your graveyard back into your library, and then if you ever draw it again, it's three mana to play. Yeah. 
Um, so it's it's just okay, I, I really the power level of alchemy is so much higher than standard. I, I'm I'm quite surprised by it. And of course we are going to see nerfs and buffs and stuff, but. I think that anybody who's hoping that once the hype dies down, some alchemy decks will rise to the surface, which aren't using many of the new cards, that person is going to be disappointed because almost all of the new cards seem absolutely busted. What about if they just nerf all of them? Like, Is this going to be a case where, once again, they don't really realise how strong stuff's going to be? Or can they not? Is it like an upper limit of how many they can nerf? It's once a month, right, that they're going to change cards well that's what they've said wizards yeah. have said that approximately once a month there will be rebalances i'm already pretty confident that i know what's going to be rebalanced first um and i think that the idea is that they can do this they don't have to test as carefully with alchemy yeah. because they can rebalance mm -hmm. um, which means that they don't have to worry about things like power creep and accidentally printing a set that's really strong like eldraine um was a really powerful set and the problem with that was that whilst oko could be banned because oko was insanely powerful the whole set dominated standard yes. for its entire run yeah um and you can't ban the whole set no <laughs> um they, they actually <laughs> i guess they kind of did when they did the standard 2022 queue uh, at the beginning of the year which was basically just no Eldrain. Yeah. Um, but yeah, you, you can't ban the whole set. Whereas every single card in th that was dominating standard in Eldrain could be rebalanced in Alchemy. And so wizards aren't afraid of upping the power level a little bit, of exploring um, how strong these mechanics really are. And they are really strong. Um, so it's... Yeah, I, I, I think that the economy is... The economy of Arena was already bad, mm -hmm. and they've introduced this product which is inaccessible for new players, expensive to keep up with. Uh, you get no compensation if your deck gets rebalanced and becomes yeah. unplayable. I guess you just wait for a few months until it, it gets balanced back in. Hmm. Um, and it's actually just... It's, it's such a bad match with the Arena economy. I feel like that literally sums it up perfectly. And I'm sad that I'll never get to play Alchemy now because <laughs> I don't know how long it would take me to get 30 rare wild cards. I li yeah. Like, I have one, and that's not an exaggeration. I genuinely have no mythics, one rare, and then, like, a bunch of commons and uncommons, but they're kind of irrelevant mm -hmm. <laughs> in the nicest um... possible way. So I I'll never be playing Alchemy. Well, I have... So I wanted to play Alchemy just to see the decks. Um, so I've been playing unranked because otherwise I'd just ruin myself um, with a Dina deck that I built from Strixhaven, the Life Drain. Mm -hmm. And that is a good deck. And I forgot how good it was. Um, but it's not good in Alchemy. Unless, <laughs> like, the only way I can do it is if I can create... I mean, it's the way that it wins, which is draining life, but... I have to survive long enough to be able to drain 20 life largely from 1-1 one, one pests, which takes a long time. Yeah. So yeah. I, I'd, it's not, I'm, I'm sad now. Yeah, so uh, it's interesting that you've been playing that because I've been playing uh, a life drain deck in Alchemy as well. And I think that part of the problem is that if you want to play life drain in Alchemy, the best drain card... What probably one of the best drain cards ever printed is available in alchemy um and that is um sanguine bloodstroke i think is that what it's or is it just is it just sanguine stroke um pause for google <laughs> uh oh uh, sanguine brush stroke um it's a three mana enchantment that reads, when Sanguine Brushstroke enters the battlefield, create a blood token and conjure a card named Blood Artist onto the battlefield. Whenever you sacrifice a blood token, each opponent loses a life and you gain one life. Mm -hmm. um, and so Blood Artist is a famous Magic the Gathering card. Um, 
that uh, it's a zero one creature, two mana zero one. Uh, whenever a creature dies, whenever another, whenever a, a, any creature dies, each uh, a target a po- target player, player loses one yeah. life and you gain one life. Um, and that is <clears throat> this is just the best drain card that you have available to you. Um, and it's unfortunately this is you know Blood Artist was uh, uh, what rarity was Blood Artist? I think it's uncommon. I might be wrong. Yeah, I though. think it was. Um, it looks like it was an uncommon. Yeah, it looks like it was printed at uncommon. Um, and wizards have managed to <laughs> stick it onto a rare hmm. <laughs> because the only way to get it <laughs> is is with uh, sanguine brushstroke, which which is a rare. Um, Good job, guys. And that's just yeah, <laughs> yeah. It that, it just it's 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 so inaccessible. Yeah. But yeah like. It, it's it's such a shame uh, that the best drain card that you know they've just it, it wasn't uncommon and they've made it a rare and mm-hmm. ugh, that that's pretty lame. Um, but I do want to tell you about the deck because I have been having a massive amount of fun in Alchemy. I've played it a ton over this last week. Um, I am at an eighty-four percent win rate, I think, over nice. twenty-five games. So still, like, I, I think 25 games isn't really enough information. Mm-hmm. Like, I'd probably want to play 100 games uh, to really know what the win rate of the deck is. Uh, but it's looking really promising. It feels so, so strong. Um, and it revolves around that uh, Sanguine Brushstroke and Blood Artist. So it's a, it's a mono-black sacrifice deck. Um, and it runs... So it runs your class... Like the classic standard mono-black shell. Eye Twitch, Shambling Ghast, Deadly Dispute, Infernal yeah. Grasp, Meat Hook Massacre, um, Fell Stinger. Nothing new there at all. But there's a couple of new cards. One of them is Sanguine Brushstroke, which I mentioned. Mm-hmm. Um, and the other one is Cursebound Witch. Uh, which is a one-mana one-two, and when it dies, you draft a card from its spellbook. Now, its spellbook contains kind of a range of witchy, cursey-themed hmm. cards. Um, so, for one thing, you've got access to Witch's Oven and um, Cauldron Familiar. Yeah. Classic cat oven combo, which is super busted, dominated standard while it was legal, and now you have access to it again, but it takes a little bit of luck to actually get it. Um, You've also got access to Witch's Vengeance, which is a board wipe, um, and Bloodhunter Bat, which is, you know, uh, like a flyer that can gain you a little bit of life. And those are quite good against aggro decks. Mm -hmm. Um, You've got things like Torment of Scarabs, and Cruel Reality, which are um, curses, enchantments that you can uh, attach to your opponent and will grind them down turn after turn, which can be really good in those control matchups. Because if you resolve those, then they're just losing life or discarding cards every turn and it will slowly eat away at them. And so Cursebound Witch actually is such an incredibly powerful tool. And I normally don't deploy it too quickly because it is best when you know what you're playing against. Um, And I normally want to try and find something relevant for the matchup. But it's got such a great range of spells. It's even got Witch's Cottage, which is a land. So if you're struggling for land, Mm -hmm. uh, you could get lucky. And and it feels like it it, it just does everything. And the whole idea of getting... 12 spells to pick from yeah um three of them are presented to you at random and you pick one of those i thought that would be worse than it is i thought that it would be pretty inconsistent but i can only think of one or two times across my 25 odd games uh where i have not had anything worth taking where i've like picked a spell and then i've just discarded it to a blood or uh, it's just stayed in my hand for the rest of the game. Um, and even if it does, you know, it's no big deal. Like, the deck makes enough blood that you can just discard it. And so it's kind of just drawing a card mm. in that sense. You know, it, it's card advantage at the very least. And a lot of the times it can find you the silver bullet that you need for the matchup. Um, and those are the only two cards that the new deck plays. Um, sorry, th- those are the only two new cards that the deck plays. <laughs> 
Um, <laughs> but it feels so strong. It feels like it can really go over the top. Like it just dunks on aggro decks. Absolutely destroys aggro decks because you have a bunch of chump blockers that you don't and you get advantage when they die you have death touch blockers in Felstinger. you have grindy recursion of your creatures and of course you have so much life drain that it's really hard to burn you out and you have four meat hook massacres mm. which is really really nice um it can win against control decks now this deck this kind of deck it's a mid-range deck and it classically just loses to control. You know, that's the that's the typical triangle. Yeah. Mid-range loses to control, control loses to aggro, aggro loses to mid-range. Um, but this deck has game in the control matchup for two reasons. One, Curse Bound Witch, being mm-hmm. able to get you uh, a curse that you can whack onto your opponent, although you have to be careful about trying to resolve it because it's a non-creature spell. They can normally counter it in a control matchup. Um, two... Sanguine Brushstroke, um, because it's it conjures one of the most iconic creatures in Magic's history, in Blood Artist, everybody forgets about the Brushstroke itself. Like, you pay three mana, and you get this enchantment on the battlefield, and it makes a Blood Artist. And so far, everybody that I've played has forgotten about the brushstroke and focused just tunnel visioned on the big threat that is a blood artist Mm -hmm. on the battlefield so they will you know they'll dig and dig and dig and find a board wipe and wipe the board and they'll take a bunch of drains but now you have no creatures so (laughs) what are you gonna do except all you have to do is then sacrifice some blood tokens and keep draining them and you can push through the the last few points of damage um and that will change as the deck gets played more people will (laughs) realize uh that you know what some of the play patterns are but at the moment the deck is unfamiliar enough that everybody seems to forget about Sanguine Brushstroke. So you can play it and then you can close out a lot of games with it because everybody forgets that it's there. Um, and so, yeah, I've been having so much fun. I've been having an absolute uh, whale of a time playing Alchemy. And there are some insanely powerful decks out there. There's the blue-white control deck, um, which has found a home for Teferi Who Slows the Sunset, mm-hmm. which was in, in standard is pretty mediocre. Um, but now that Key to the Archives is in the format, uh, it's an artifact that, as I mentioned, lets you draft a really powerful spell and it uh, can tap for two mana of any one color. Um, Teferi lets you untap uh, an artifact, a land, and a creature. Mm-hmm. And so... You can untap a, a land. Like, I mean, this now now Teferi can give you three mana as soon as he comes in, which is kind of a three mana rebate on a five mana Planeswalker, and that gets strong. Yeah, that gets very strong. Um, so there's a deck that's you know, and, and that that control deck is is incredible. There's a a dragons deck as well that has I've seen. I don't know how good it is really, but it's super cool. It plays. Uh, one of the new cards, which it, it's a, uh, it's I can't remember the name of the card, but it's like a one-one with flying, um, and it's a dragon, and it has the ability. On your end step, dragon cards in your hand. Perpetually cost one less to cast. Um, and yeah, it's actually a must-answer threat, because. If it's on the battlefield for two or three turns, then you know you could, your opponent can have goldspan dragons, mm-hmm. can have you know inferno of star mounts. Like there's there's a bunch of different dragons, uh, mana form hell kite, and stuff like that, and they can all cost one or two red mana. That's dope. Um, I like that. Yeah, hmm. and even like it, it's not just the cards in their hand. If if that creature goes uncontested every dragon they draw yeah. is going to end up costing less and, and it's it's so strong um but you really don't want to use your removal spell on a one mana dragon but the difference between that is a dragon like goldspan dragon coming down on turn three versus turn five mm-hmm. and that's huge but that's a huge huge difference so with perpetually if the creature is removed does like let's say it's removed and it's been down for two turns 
So mm-hmm. a goldspan dragon would cost three, and then you remove the creature. Does it still cost three? Is that how perpetually works? Yep. Yeah. Perpetually is just irrelevant. Permanent, irrelevant of whether the creature's there or not. Okay. Yeah. Hmm. Yeah. Um, which is it is so strong, and I'm kind of yeah. sad that the deck that I'm playing doesn't have any perpetuality um, because it is super strong. Which is, I guess, a little bit unsurprising because we saw how broken it was in historic um, with the. Davriel Vespalark combo. Um, and I think potentially that's why there's no perpetually give a creature minus anything anymore. Yeah. Um, because that combo was just super bro- super breakable. Now it's perpetually make things cost less. Mm-hmm. Um, there's a new green one drop that perpetually gives a creature in your hand. When this creature enters the battlefield, it gets plus one, plus one counter, a vid- a trample counter, and a vigilance counter, I think. Um, oh, man. Which is just insanely strong. It's so good. Oh, it's... I'm going to have to spend money, aren't I? Well, so on that note, what I did, because I'm not, because um, I, I don't, I haven't played a whole lot of Arena since it came out i've been playing a lot more the last couple of months because i haven't been able to play paper magic um but what i've been doing in preparation for alchemy was drafting um so the last two weeks i Mm. have just been grinding drafts and so far i am up on gems from drafting okay um now I have gone from literally from the bottom of bronze uh, and in the last couple of weeks I've, I've ground up to uh, I'm somewhere in platinum at the moment. So I don't know whether the matches will get harder and harder, but at the moment, because with a premier draft, it's 1500 gems to enter. Mm-hmm. Um, and if you get three wins, you get 1400 gems. If you get four wins, you get 1600 gems. Okay. Is that best um, of three? Best of one. Best of That's one. best of one. Okay. Yeah. So I think the, the rewards go there. You get packs for winning as well, but I can't remember how many packs you get, uh, but the gem rewards. So for one win, you get 250 gems uh, for two wins. It's a thousand. Oh, that's I a think. big jump. Maybe that's wrong. Because that Three I wins I feel like that fourteen hundred. Two wins and a thousand gems, and it costs. Do you say fifteen hundred? Hold on, five wins sixteen hundred. Uh, sixteen hundred. Yeah, I think that's right. Yeah, I feel like that's actually that's right. pretty good. Because two wins, you get two thirds of your gems back, plus you get all the cards that you drafted. That's actually not bad. I've not done a whole lot of drafting, but I hope I'm not wrong about that. In fact, I'm gonna. I'm going to check it real quick. Because I feel like even I can get two wins. So. <laughs> exactly. Um, <laughs> Maybe I should draft people more. can go 50-50. Yeah. Uh, in general. You know, get, having a 50-ish percent win rate is totally possible. Uh, totally doable for anyone. Um, let me just check. So, uh, Arena um, Premier Draft Gem Rewards. Oh, no, I was wrong. (laughs) Short-lived hope. Um, Yeah. So for one win, you get 100 gems. Okay. And one pack. Okay. Two wins, 250 gems, and two packs. Yeah, that feels more realistic. Three wins. Yeah. Three wins, 1,000 gems, and two packs. Okay. Uh, Four wins, 1,400 gems, and three packs. Um, Five wins is 1,600 gems and, uh, and four packs. Six wins is eighteen hundred and five packs, and then seven wins twenty two hundred and six packs. And so, if you get four wins, mm-hmm. you've only really spent a hundred gems, and you've gotten like six packs worth of cards for it. Yeah. What was it? What, how many packs and... was it for three wins? For three wins, it's two packs and a thousand gems. Yeah. Um, so you've spent five hundred gems. And you've got five five packs. packs. Yeah. Um, So at the moment, if you get five wins or more, you are, you know, you get all your gems back and then a little more on top of that. And at the moment, I am up on gems. Mm -hmm. Um, So I've I've played a ton of drafts. 
In fact, let me check what my actual win rate is. So since I started playing Vow Drafts, I went 4-3, then 1-3, and 7-1. Uh, okay, then then 3 wins, 4 wins, 5-5-3-3-3-6-4-2. Is that all drafts? So I think I'm just up on uh, on gems. How do I don't you... know if there's like an easier way for me to see it. How many drafts is that? Hmm? How many? That was a lot of numbers. Uh, 1, 2, 3, 4, 5, 6, 7, 8, 9, 10, 11, 12. Wow. I've... Oh, and the two is actually, the last one is ongoing. It's it's I'm 2-0 in that one at the moment. Um, and so, yeah, yeah. Um, I, I think I am just up on gems. So I've been drafting, I've done like 12 drafts, uh, which means at what, 12 times 3 plus all the pack support, means that's like 30 that's nearly like 80 packs of cards um and i haven't actually i haven't really spent any money yet uh i have to i of course had to put the money into arena Mm -hmm. so i have spent the money because i had to buy gems in arena to draft with but my currency in arena has um has more or less stayed the same and and if if, i think it's going slightly up if it's going down it's going to go down very slowly i'm going to probably lose 500 to 100 gems per draft which means you know if i've got 5,000 gems i can play 10 drafts badly uh which is still another 30 packs and then prizes and so you can really flesh out your collection with um drafts Okay. And I found that doing doing those drafts, doing about ten drafts, got me enough wild cards to completely craft that mono black deck. Okay. Which I've been playing. Yeah, I was gonna say um, the mono black deck that you're playing doesn't sound like it has as many rares. Slash, I already ooh. have. Well, so I say slash because I already have eye twitches, and I already, I know they're not rares, but I like I already have the cards like shambling gas eye twitch. I have that. I have a couple of meat hook massacres. So for me, it may not cost as many of all wild cards, rare, common, uncommon, for me to craft. Maybe. There's about 30. Between mythics and rares, there is about 30 in this deck. But yeah, maybe you will have some of them. Well, just Um, because I've played a fair amount of black decks. Mm -hmm. So I may have some of the cards. Maybe I can look into that. I think it costs me like five mythics and... 12 rares so uh, yeah it was still it was i had about half of them um it's it's rough yeah the economy in in arena is really bad um and i don't know there's been a lot of pushback from the community about it alchemy makes it a lot worse i think that if wizards are going to make changes for the better in the economy it's gonna be now yeah um I really don't know whether they will. I think they definitely should. I think they need to because alchemy is just not accessible for new players. And I think if they're going to make it the most pushed product on arena, which I bet you they are. Yeah, for sure. Um, they need to make it more accessible. They, they, I really think they do. Um, it, Cause it's so, it's so hard to get into at the moment. The power level is so high yeah. and the cost of investment is so high. Um, so I really think that if wizards are going to make changes to the uh, economy of arena, it's going to be now, Mm -hmm. but I wouldn't hold your Mm -hmm. breath. No. So takeaway from that is I'll probably just be playing standard for a while or if I'm brave enough to play draft, but I think I probably have about 3000 gems. So I could probably do a draft. You can do two with 3,000 gems. Oh, yeah, 1,500, you, isn't it? Yeah. <laughs> if you completely lose everything. Yeah. Okay. Um, Maybe I'll yeah, give it a so go. So this is the thing. You know, most people can, with a reasonably good deck, um, can do well enough in drafts. Yeah. To Like, can play well enough to, to barely lose gems uh, and make their gems go a very long way. The, the I think the difficult thing with drafting is the actual drafting yes (laughs) um 
because it can be really difficult. Yeah, I don't have really much experience in that. But I guess the only way to get experience yeah. is to draft. So yes, um, yeah, definitely. If you you know the the absolute first thing you should do is just draft. I found that the uh, it took me about three drafts to know at all what I was doing because um, I haven't drafted since Strixhaven. Mm-hmm. Um, and so the first draft I did in uh, in Val was absolutely I had I had a seven win deck easily it was red black which I didn't know at the time but which seems to be the strongest color pair mm-hmm. um, I had Olivia Crimson Bride um, Dreadfeast Demon and Olivia's Attendant and I had you know a bunch of incredible cards like three busted rares, ways to get them back, a bunch of incredible cards. Um, but I remember playing into stuff like Siphon Essence, the three mana counter a creature, and losing all of my bombs to stuff like that. Mm-hmm. Because I just didn't know I was supposed to play around it. And I think I went 4-3 when that was easily a 7-0 deck. It was so strong. Um, and it took me like three or so drafts to kind of realize what, like to get used to what combat tricks to play around, what instant speed interaction to play around, and roughly what to draft and, and what color pairs did what, you know? Yeah. Um, so it only took, you know, it, it will only take a few drafts and throwing yourself into some good content. Like uh, if you're fairly new, limited resources, the podcast, yeah. um, Louis Scott Vargas and Marshall Sutcliffe, uh, is really, really, it's a really good resource for, um, new to inter like beginner to intermediate drafters, mm-hmm. limited resources. Oh wait, no, that's what I just said. <laughs> Lords of limited, another podcast, Lords of limited is a really good resource for intermediate to advanced players. Um, and you know, by just really soaking in some of that content and doing just a few drafts you know give yourself five odd drafts uh and don't put any pressure on yourself just go in enjoy them see what's working like just just do whatever you want and don't put too much pressure on yourself for those uh then i think that you can kind of it's not too hard to infinite draft after that or to draft for a very low cost on arena and it is a very effective way to build out your collection in the uh two weeks that I've been drafting my Val collection uh, and I can check this on untapped.gg uh, my Val collection has gone from 12% to like 64% wow okay um, so yeah so it builds quickly maybe now is the time to get better at draft but also as a result of getting better at draft you'll also be able to play alchemy yes I think so. I think that is really the only <laughs> way. Um, Just, you know, if Wizards, assuming Wizards doesn't fix the economy, yeah. that would be my advice to anyone. Drafting is genuinely really fun. Um, like, I, once you once you get through the scariness and the pressure mm-hmm. um, and the fact that it, it sounds, it seems like it can be really expensive if you're paying... Uh, 1500 gems which i think is roundabout value of 10 pounds per draft okay um which just it feels like a lot and it is a lot mm. um but it's cheaper than drafting I... in paper though i know you have the cards in paper but you, like you can sell them or whatever but that's still it is way cheaper is it... i think it's it's already cheaper than paper and then it's actually turns out to be much cheaper because even if you can achieve three three uh, then it only costs you 500 gems. Uh, if you can go 4-3, it only costs you 100. And, and that's just not something that can happen in paper. Yeah, you just so get it packs, can end up being you? really cheap. Mm-hmm. Like you don't get money back. Okay. Yeah. So the takeaway... And I think that... Hmm. I was just... I was going to say... I, I think that Val, as a format, is really bomb-heavy as well. Yeah. Um, there are There are many cards that can just win you the game by themselves, which I think makes it much more, like it drags win rates closer to 50-50 because it's not as skill-based, I don't think. Yeah. Like, um, so you've heard the the BREAD acronym for draft, right? I have. Would you like me to tell you it? Yeah, pop quiz. Can you tell me what bread stands for? Yeah. Can you explain the philosophy behind it? Yep, I can. Um, so B is for bomb, 
R is for removal, E is for evasion, A is for aggro, and D is for duds. Why did why <laughs> yeah. did she get quicker with the E, the A, and the D? That's because she opened up her Notion page where it says bread. Because she remember <laughs> she managed to remember the B and the R. Yeah. Well, that's the trick. You don't need to remember stuff as long as you know where to find it. Yeah. Um, and yeah, you're absolutely right. Uh, so what's the philosophy behind that? For, for somebody who's never drafted, what, what are you talking about there? Um, that is how you should pick cards, I believe. So, and in the order that, yeah. So if you're looking at a pack, obviously your deck has to work and have a combination of everything that it needs. But if there's a bomb, you pick the bomb. If there's not, you pick removal. If there's not that, you pick evasion if there's not that you pick aggro and if you have nothing else you pick a dud yeah that's that is pretty much it um first if, if you're really new to drafting uh you know first look at the pack and see are there any bomb cards in here that i can play any cards that are just insanely powerful by themselves and we're going to win me the game if there's none of those then is there any good removal that you can play if there's none of that evasion and uh, evasive creatures which is like menace flying death touch mm-hmm. stuff like that Creatures with keywords. Um, if there's none of that, take a good aggressive, a, gr- a good aggressive card. Yeah. Um, because aggression and closing out games is just a bit better, especially if you're unfamiliar with the format. Mm-hmm. Uh, the reason that ag- the reason that aggro is in there is because if you're unfamiliar with the format, it is a little easier to be aggressive than controlly. To be good at control, you really do have to know um, a format well. Yeah. And so I would try and steer away from control decks to begin with. Um, and then there's D for duds, as in just take anything else that you can play, anything that can fill out your list. Yeah. Um, a lot of people don't like bread. Uh, and that's that's a fair comment because it, it, I think it is useful and helpful for new players, but only very new players. Like I think that once you've done three or four drafts in your life, you've outgrown bread already, and you should probably forget it. What a sad Except never has bread been more relevant in a format, in a limited format, in my opinion, than in uh, than in Vow, than in Crimson Vow. Uh, Crimson Vow is so, it it's it just it is such a bread format. Like, take the bomb if there's a bomb. If not, then you need the removal to, remove to the answer bomb. everybody else's bombs. Yeah. yeah. Um, and if there's none of that, then you know the evasive creatures. Meant there's a lot of menace, a lot of flying, mm-hmm. and you know ag- aggro decks are good in the format. Like, n- no, like bread is a really. I think Vow is a really good format for new players uh, because. It's quite easy to draft if you like. It, it can work if you stick to bread, and anybody can stick to bread. It's easy to remember. Um, it's pretty easy to follow, mm-hmm. um, and and you can probably do okay if you stick to bread in Val. Okay, stick to bread. Stick to bread. Just a healthy, high fiber diet. What is bread fiber? Is it well... carbohydrate? Well, it's both depending on the bread. If you just get like white bread, then it's just carbs. But if you get, you know, a nice, nice wholemeal seeded loaf, that's gonna have some fiber in it. Oh yeah, I'm wholemeal all the way. Yeah, it tastes nice and it's better for you. So win-win. Mm-hmm. Except from if you're yeah. having marmite on toast, then it has to be white bread. No, it doesn't. It does. Why? Just tastes better. Does the taste of marmite not go well with brown bread? No, it doesn't go badly. But white bread is a better receptacle for Marmite, in my opinion. Why? Because you just get a more intense Marmite taste because white bread is tasteless. Potentially, although not all white bread is tasteless because sourdough is white bread. Well, I guess it's sourdough bread, but it's technically white. Hmm. Well, in, mm. What an interesting conversation for an MTG podcast. But yes, Marmite, Marmite tastes better on white bread than it does brown bread. Okay. So right. that is my top tip for bread, everybody. <laughs> um, yes. So uh, yeah, I, I don't know what we were talking about, um, but 
<laughs> well, we... if you are thinking about getting into limited, now's a good time. Mm-hmm. Um, I think you're you, you'll be a little bit behind because we're quite a few weeks, maybe a month or so into Val. Yeah. And so most people who are drafting know the format. Yeah. And know what works and what doesn't. But it's an easy format for new players to play, and there's a fairly good chance that you'll just open bombs that will win games mm-hmm. for you. Um, it, you know, it, and it, yeah. And it gets you closer um, to being able to play alchemy as well if you're in a similar situation to me, which I think you will be if you're a new player to Arena. Yeah. So it's... Yeah, I think playing a lot of limited is the best way to, um, uh, to get, you know, cards in Arena without spending too much money. Mm-hmm. I would definitely advise it. Okay. Well, that is what I will do. And we shall see if I can actually play Alchemy at any point in the next six months. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but, you know, that is a workaround. Um, you know, we should not have to play formats that we don't want to play um, to be able to play formats that we do want to play. Yeah, you just and shouldn't have to play you know, one format in order to play another. Whether you want to play it or not, you shouldn't have to mm-hmm. play another format first in order to play... Yeah, to play a format that you would prefer to be playing. That just doesn't make any sense and I don't feel like it's replicated anywhere else. Like... Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, it's... Yeah, the, the economy does need fixing. But I, I just... I don't think it's going to happen. And so if you do want to get into alchemy um, and you want to... In fact, if, if you want to get into alchemy or limited, then my advice is get into them yeah. now. <laughs> um... <laughs> and then you can get into both. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, so Sarah, if you haven't been playing Alchemy and you've been playing Standard, uh, what is going on in the Standard basement at the moment? I actually have quite a few things to say about Standard. Okay, good. Some fresh takes. I I mean, it may not be fresh, but it's fresh to me because, as I think I've said a bunch of times on this podcast, I haven't really played a lot of Arena, but I have played every day this week. Um, I have Mm -hmm. an... Is it dragons and um whole break horror deck yep it's called kragans i love it (laughs) that is so So stupid there's you've you've got to be able to do better than that (laughs) well it was called originally when i built it it was called is it no epiphany because it was going to be the is it epiphany list but as i've said again no wild cards so it was called is it no epiphany and then i just and it was is it dragons without epiphany so then it was just called is it dragons but then a kraken or two came into play so kragans stupid yes (laughs) it is stupid but all of my decks have stupid names i built so this is one of the takes um is that i really hate mono white life gain and i think it's really boring and I built a deck, a mono white life gain deck, just with cards I had because it had a lot of life gain cards. Um, and I mm-hmm. called it, I hate you. And I played it. <laughs> okay. And I hate it. And I played it against other <laughs> mono white decks. And so boring. And the Selesnia decks as well. Boring. Oh, turn one cleric class. Oh, really? Boring. <laughs> You're, like, that's it is. Not even a good, that's not even a good deck. Like, but every... is Mono White Life Gain even even really is it even strong? Is it even a contender? Well, so I don't know if it's strong or not. However, it is Mono White Life Gain and well, yeah, Mono White, which is largely life gain, and Celesnia, which again is, is largely life gain, are the two decks I've played against the most. Um with mm. my stand deck. So I've just played them a lot. And they're really annoying. And they are I still beat them more than they beat me, but there's just too many of them and they're annoying. So that's my first take. Um, <laughs> my second take is that Westgate Regent. Do you know the card? It's like the vampire I that don't. gains. Oh, it is. I think it's a vampire. It's, it's a flyer, like black a, card. Sounds um, like a hip hop group out of London. It is great if you have it if you don't have it it's awful especially in a deck which removes by damage not just removing a whole creature which is my deck because it's is it um 
it gains counters for the amount of damage it does to you. Oh, that yeah, this is pretty strong. Um, yeah. Shall I read out the card? Yes, please. Yeah. So Westgate Regent is three black black for a vampire. It's a four four and it has flying and it has ward discard a card. Mm -hmm. um, so you can discard a card and then counter any spell that, that an opponent controls that targets it. Um, and whenever Westgate Regent deals combat damage to a player, put that many plus one plus one counters on it. It gets big so, really quickly. Yeah. And I yeah. can't after... So if I don't have a flyer, which I largely should because it's a dragon's deck, but also a 4-4 four four will kill any of my dragons. Um, it hits me once and it's an 8-8 eight eight, and then I would have to spend two removal spells to remove it. And then three and then four mm. and then it just becomes out of, yeah, out of a way that I can remove it. And it's also doing four, then eight, then 16. Like, it's great. I kind of want to build it in a deck, uh, but it's awful to play against. So that's another <laughs> take. Um, yeah. I've also ranked higher than bronze for the first time ever because I've actually played arena. Um, so I have a couple. Yeah, I was of... going to ask what uh, what rank you are because, like, I I don't see any uh, mono white life gain on the ladder, and I have never seen Westgate Regent. So, what kind of rank are you playing at? Are you ready? Because I think I'm in. I think I'm in double platinum now. Um, I want to try and hit mythic this season, uh, and I'm in double platinum. I would love to hit double mythic. That's kind of what I'm going for. Well, everybody at home, sit down. Josh is sat down. I can see him. I'm in diamond. For everybody no. at home, Josh looks confused. No, I... yeah. Are you sure? Me, me. I know how it works. I can see. I can read the word <laughs> diamond. I'm in diamond. Me. So you know you're no, double no, platinum. Just, like... Bye. Diamond. Are you sure that you're in MTG Arena? In MTG Arena. I'm in Diamond. I've taken... Uh, Are you sure okay. it's Diamond? The more we do this podcast, the more of a loser I reveal to be. But I've taken a picture every time I've gone from, like, silver to whatever, like, gold. <laughs> every yeah. time. Every time I've taken a picture. And then I've deleted it when I've got to the newest one. So uh, I can send you proof that I'm in Diamond. Okay, Sarah has actually sent me proof, uh, and she, <laughs> uh, well, I mean, this shows Diamond's tier four constructed rank. I don't see your username uh, okay. anywhere in this picture, actually. Fine, um, fine. So I, can... I think I... I think this is uh, a forgery. I think it's a forgery. You're right. It doesn't. You can't yeah. see my name anywhere. I can send you. I can go onto Arena Mobile because my phone allows me to do that. Um, no, I, I can send you. I believe you. Um, that's really good, though. I'm super impressed with that because I think I've only gone into Diamond once or twice in the past when I was super serious about magic. Um, mm -hmm. And yeah, that's really well done. You you must actually be playing quite a lot of standard. Yeah, and kinda, I'm playing it playing it really well. I kind of take you for a filthy so casual, myself. but you're actually outranking me at the moment. <laughs> I know, right? I couldn't believe it. Every time it happened, I like because I when I because I just wanted to play more just to play, um, and then I started doing well and ranking like going up the ladder. So then I was like, hmm, I wonder how far I can get. Which is when I then decided not to tell you until the podcast because it, it, we <laughs> we re we record on a Sunday, um, and I. Yeah, I started playing like, about, for about a week. I've been playing every day. But I, I got really excited when I hit platinum. Um, and as I knew Sammy wasn't going to be on the episode, I told him because I just wanted to tell somebody. Um, <laughs> and it's like, it's, it's only you two. Like, we're the only ones that properly play Arena out of our play group. And yeah, I wanted it to be a surprise for the podcast and for you. So I told Sammy because I needed to tell somebody. And that was just when I was Do in platinum. Do you want to have a race? Um, okay. So at the moment, I am... Let me see. Let me see if I can see. Um, I am in Platinum 3 Limited. Mm -hmm. And I am in... 
I'm just trying to check untap GG to see what my rank is. Oh, I'm in platinum three in uh, constructed as well, actually. So I'm in platinum. Oh, I remember those days. What'd you say? I'm just, I'm just like, I, I remember those days when I was in Platinum. <laughs> those days. <laughs> <laughs> so you are potentially 18 games, 18 wins ahead of me. Yes. Um, would you like to have a race to Mythic? Yes. Do I have to wait for you to get to Diamond? No, no. Um, okay. We can go from now. Oh my god! Would you like I put... might actually win a race. You have a big head start. I have a big, you have head, a big start. head start. Yeah. Yes. Yes. Um, let's let's have a race to mythic. What do you want to put on as a wager? Oh god. Shall we say? Um, shall we say? Are you willing to put nine thousand two hundred gems on the line? Fifty dollars worth of gems on the line for a race to mythic oh man am i am i am i am i i do have 18 wins over you if i was ever going to beat you in a race it would be this hmm and this How is the, this... take you to go from platinum to mythic uh sorry platinum, uh, platinum to, to plat diamond a few days because I spent ages in plat two. It shouldn't take any more. Um, you know, getting yes, from, it's the same amount of get. Yeah, this is what it's, it's um, the same. Yes, yeah, it's the same process all the way up. So, um, when does the season end? It, isn't it end of the month? Is that not how it works? Um, not quite. Oh, okay. God, I I know nothing about arena. <laughs> <laughs> um, starts November thirtieth, ends December thirty first. So yeah, end of the month. Like I said. Um, <laughs> Like you said. <laughs> yeah, uh, yeah, that's plenty of time for both of us to get there. Okay. Um, okay, yeah, let's do it. 9,200 gems. Yeah. And uh, the uh, uh, first one to Mythic takes okay. home the cake. And everybody at home is welcome to place bets as well. Um, <laughs> I don't know how, actually, I don't know, because if you, if you bet and I don't, I don't know, I could lose a lot of money if I allow that. <laughs> um, uh, but do make bets. Uh, let us know who you think is going to win. Um, yeah, maybe we could, we could do like me, a little poll on Twitter. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah, we will. Uh, this will be, yeah, this, uh, let's see. This is, this will be interesting. Yeah. Um, who's going to hit Mythic first, Josh or Sarah? Oh, let us know God. what you think. Um, of course, by the time this episode comes out on Tuesday, it'll already be over and I'll be in Mythic. Um, we'll see. So I guess by the time this episode's out, you guys at home will imagine, know Imagine, oh my god, I have imagine. That would literally, that's literally my life. <laughs> that is what will happen. I'm like, I'm really hyped at the moment because I got Simon and I didn't actually know that I was ahead of you, but obviously that makes it better. Um, it's gonna be, it's literally, it's going to be over before this episode gets released. So no, 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 I have, I have upper limits on how much magic I play each day. Um, and it's, uh, it's nine games. Yeah. But when there's, um, 50, and I do break pounds, it when there's 50 pounds on the table, psh, I'll be breaking all the rules. I'm going to be going slow and steady. I'm going to, I think slow and steady will run the race. I don't think you're going to make it through diamond. Um, I don't think you're going to make it. So I'm going to, I'm just going to go slow and steady and just aim to hit uh, not just one mythic, but I'm going to hit double mythic. You're going to hit double mythic. Well, this, I'm not going to yeah. do that because now that this is on the table, um, my limited player will be pushed back until January. <laughs> yeah, that's fair. So. That's fair. I'm going to go. Okay, just, there you go. It's interesting. Mythic. It's interesting. Nearly yeah. 10,000 gems on the line. Um <sighs> We'll see who comes out on top. We will. Right. I think we should wrap it up so that I can go play some arena. <laughs> grind. <laughs> um, but thank you for joining me, Sarah. And thank you for listening, everybody. I hope you have a lovely week. And we'll catch you next time. Bye, guys. Yeah, and I can use whatever shit you say as the blooper. No, I don't like that I'm all I'm all do you know I'm always the blooper. <laughs>
<laughs> like I'm always I'm always in it. And a lot of the time it's just me. And I'm this is why, and this is probably what's gonna be the blooper, but that's fine. But this is why I always listen to the blooper first when I listen through to the episode. I go straight to the blooper to just find out how awful I'm gonna sound. <laughs> 